Well, hello there, and welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me on today. Uh, for those that are new to the channel, my name is Elder Linda Anderson. Uh, here on this channel, Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda, we read the Bible together. We make sure we understand what we're reading, and then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday. So, so glad you joined me, as I said. So get, subscribe to the channel and give me a thumb up. I greatly appreciate it. But um, last week we were talking about um, Jacob and how the angels had, um, that was it last week, we were in chapter 32. We talked about how the angels were present to help him and God showed him how the angels were there to help him. We also talked about how uh, God had given, um, how Jacob had prepared gifts to give to Esau just to ensure that, uh, you know, that Esau had forgiven him. And Jacob also, during, in this chapter, chapter 32, was wrestling with the angel. And uh, thank you, sweetie. My husband here is helping me uh, with my little water here. Um, but anyway, Jacob was wrestling with the angel in the last chapter. And we also talked about uh, the persistent prayer, how Jacob would not let the angel go until he was blessed. And we talked about how we need to pray until we see a change happening. We need to hold on to God and be persistent. So that's what we talked about last week in chapter 32. This week, we're going to be uh, reading uh, and discussing chapter 33 and hopefully getting to chapter 34 because 33 is not that long. Lord willing, this depends on how the Holy Spirit leads and how, um, you know, how, how it turns out. So um, let's just start off with a word of prayer before we get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, for all those that have tuned in, those that are listening. Father, I pray for those that will listen. Holy Spirit, we just pray that, that you would plant seeds in the hearts of those that are listening, oh God. Father, that your word would be planted in our hearts and that we will never forget your word. We thank you, Father, for being our God. We love you so much, Jesus. We ask that you come in today and be the teacher, Holy Spirit, and show us those things that we have not seen. Father, we're careful to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, amen. Um, just for overview in chapter 33, in chapter 33, we'll be talking about how Jacob and Esau reunited. And then in chapter 34, we're going to talk about very interesting chapter, talking about the rape of their only sister, Dinah. At least she's the only sister that the Bible tells us about. Because sometimes, you know, the Bible, doesn't, you know, everything's not mentioned. But the, she's the only sister that was mentioned, um, that um, the only daughter that Jacob had. And so she's the only sister to these 12 brothers. So let's start reading in Genesis chapter 33. I'm reading from the New uh, Living Translation. And remember, um, I actually do read from the King James Version uh, as well because it's it's so close to the original. But then I, when we're studying it and teaching it, I like to read from the New Living Translation. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 33 and verse number 1. It says, Then Jacob looked up, and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant, servant wives. So what's going on, <clears throat> for those that might not have been following this, uh, 
Jacob has been away for 20 years. Him and his brother fell out before he left. And he left running for his life because his brother, his twin brother Esau, wants to kill him. Wanted to kill him because he stole Esau's blessing. Uh, and he also tricked Esau into uh, selling him his birthright. A birthright means that the oldest child would get a double portion. And so um, Jacob uh, uh, tricked Esau into selling him his his uh, birthright for a bowl of a bowl of, of soup. And so it's been 20 years. Jacob's been away. And now he's on his way back home and he's going to have to confront his brother. So he's hoping his brother's no longer upset with him. So we read in, in chapter 32 and, and chapter um, 31 how Jacob has been planning to meet his brother and how he's been sending him gifts. And he sent him about 580 animals and as gifts, you know, trying to soften the blow. And hopefully that by the time Esau sees me, he won't be mad at me anymore you know, when he sees all these gifts. So all this has taken place before we get to chapter 33. So now in chapter 33, he sent all those flocks out. Um, now he's, and he also, before he's, before this chapter, he also wrestled with an angel and got his name changed in the process of all this. So his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. So now when we open up in chapter 33, it's time for the confrontation. This is the hour that he's been dreading. And so then it says, then Jacob looked up and he saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah. Leah is uh, one of his wives and Rachel and his two servants. So he had Leah and Rachel were sisters. He had the two, uh, the two sisters as his wife and also their two concubines, Bilhah and Zilpah. And he divided them up. He put the servant wives and their children at the front. So um, Zilpah and, Bil and Bilhah had both had them and their children. Each one of them had uh, two children for him. So that was uh, four of his children and two of his uh, wives. They were, in, he put them in the front, let them go first. And then he sent Leah. And Leah had six sons for him plus Dinah. So then Leah and her children went. And then he uh, sent Rachel, who was the love of his life, with her one son, Joseph. Uh, they were in the rear. And the the point being, if Esau decides that he wants to kill me, um, or he's going to kill me and my family, okay, these are, this is the order. Maybe Rachel and Joseph will be able to escape while he's trying to kill the ones in the front. So this is his logic. And also, he, he took off and went... He went in, in front of him. It says, in verse 3, it says, Then Jacob went on, went on ahead. So he went in front of them all. And as he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. And seven is a number of perfection. So that he's he's in bowing, he's showing his brother that, you know, I'm yielding to you. I'm not here to fight you. You know, I'm I'm trying to uh to give you honor. Verse four, then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they both wept. So all that fear he had, all that dread he had, he's finding out that Esau's not mad at him anymore. And he kissed him and ran around his, and put his arm around his neck and kissed him. Verse five, then Esau looked at the woman 
women and the children and asked, who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given to me, your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. Verse eight, and what were all the flocks and the herds I met as I came? Esau asked, because remember he, Jacob sent all these 580 animals, you know, and broke them up into different flocks with different servants leading each flock. And so uh, Esau has, has seen all this as he's headed toward Jacob. So he's asking, him, why, why did you send me all that? So Jacob replied, they are a gift, my Lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, no, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. He, Jacob is like buttering it up really good. Verse 11, please take this gift I have brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gifts. So Esau finally took it, took everything. Verse 12, well, Esau said, let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, you can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young and the flocks and the herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you in Zeir, because that's where um, Esau was residing in Zeir. Verse 15, all right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, that's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my Lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Zeir that same day. Verse 17, Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkot. So get that. And Jacob was supposed to go on to Seir. He didn't go to Seir. After Esau left him, he went in a different direction. He went to Sukkot, S-U-C-C-O-T-H. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Sukkoth, which means shelters. Later, having traveled all the way from Pandanaram, that's where he was living with Laban, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem. So he left Sukkoth. Now he's, he's he left Sukkoth and he's moving to the town of Shechem. S-H-E-C-H-E-M. And that's in the land of Canaan. So this is where he was where he was headed, where he wanted to get back to. There he set up camp outside the outside the town. Now note that he didn't really go into the town of Shechem. He set up his camp outside the town. Verse 19, Jacob brought the a plot the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamar, the father of Shechem. Now, mind you, Shechem is not only a, um, a city, but Shechem is going to be uh, the name of Hamar, Hamar's son, which we're gonna find out in a minute. So he bought some land from Hamar and Hamar is one of the leaders in Shechem. So he's like like a chief in, she in, in, um, in Shechem. So he bought, Jacob bought, um, 
uh, uh, brought land from Hamar, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohi Israel. So that's chapter 33. Let's just talk about that just a little bit. We kind of said a lot of it, a lot about it already. <clears throat> yeah, in verse, so starting with verse one and two, we talked about how Jacob had organized his wives when he saw Esau coming and he put, and, and he did that in order of importance. Uh, Leah, the two servants first with their children, Leah and her children and Rachel and their children um, in order of importance. And then in verse three, it talked about how Jacob went in front of them to meet them and bow, he's bowing himself down. And, and some people might say, how do you know seven means completion? Because he bowed himself down seven times as he was hit up, you know, getting closer and closer to Esau. And I don't, I can't really tell you how we got that number. That's the number seven means completion. Um, some people feel like it's, it's because of the, the fact that it takes, it took seven days for God to do creation. And if you look through scripture, there's a lot of sevens. Um, and it usually means, uh, it usually means perfection or completion. So according to the NIV study Bible, him bowing down, uh, those seven times showed total submission to Esau. So Jacob wanted peace. He, no matter what it took, he wanted peace. He sent all these animals. He's bowing down, whatever it takes. Uh, I just want to make it right between you, you and me, brother. Because, and then, you know, because he didn't, of course, he's got 11 sons and he's got a daughter and he's got these four wives and, and he's got, he's got responsibilities now. It's not just him you know, to worry about, but he's got a whole family to worry about now. So then in verse four, we see that, um, that they kissed each other and embraced each other. So after 20 years have passed, Jacob, now Jacob did pray for this and asked God to help him because he thought Esau was going to kill him. And it, look, it looks like God has answered his prayers. And I don't know how long Esau had forgiven him, uh, but he obviously had forgiven him. And then somebody made a good point because, um, the servants came back after they had told Esau, oh, Jacob is here in town and he's coming. Then uh, they came back and told Jacob, well, we told Esau that you're coming and he's he's on his way with 400 men. We don't know if he already had those 400 men with him when they were told that Jacob was in town or if he gathered them up, you know, because Jacob was on the impression if he's, if he's coming with 400 men, if he got 400 men, then he's coming to kill me. But he could have already had that those people with him. We don't know. Uh, but Jacob's prayer was answered and Esau did forgive him after 20 years. So when you belong to God, just one point I want to make here is that he will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. God will give you favor and your enemy will find them find themselves doing the doing right by you and they weren't any, even intending to do right by you. You know, they still wanted to do something bad, but they just couldn't help it. They had to do, do the right thing by you because you have the favor of God on your life. In verses five through seven, Jacob introduced his family to Esau and he stressed how, um, how God had blessed him with, uh, and had given him children. And we just want to remember too, that when God blesses us, give him back the glory and recognize where our blessings come from. Uh, there's a song that says, uh, praise him from who all blessings come. Um, 
sometimes we forget. And sometimes I have to consciously remind myself, okay, don't forget to thank God for your blessings. Thank God for all that he's done for you. You know, when you look back over your life and there's a song we sing and you think thing, things over, it said, I can truly say that I have been blessed. Can you really say that? Can't you just look back over your life and see how God has kept you through all these years? We can truly say that we were blessed. So, so let's not forget to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for keeping me. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for blessing me. Because it wasn't, it's no goodness of our own. It wasn't because we were good enough to get his blessing. It's because of his mercy and his grace that he's kept us and that he's keeping us and that he will keep us. Amen. Verse 8 through 11, Jacob and Esau uh, were going back and forth about the gifts. And after refusing, Esau finally agreed to take the gifts. And, you know, and like I said, the gifts were something that he was using. And he might have felt a little guilty, you know, because uh, Esau had taken his, his spiritual blessing, which couldn't be reversed now. Uh, and Esau had taken, I mean, I'm sorry, Jacob had taken Esau's spiritual blessing that couldn't be reversed. And also Jacob had um, had the birthright now. So, you know, he, he, he wants to make it right. So he was glad that Esau accepted his gift. And, you know, he might have felt like he owed it to him. So in verse 12 and 14, Esau wanted Jacob to come uh, back to him to Zir. But Jacob uh, made up an excuse about, you know, the, the pace being a little bit too much for the children and the animals. So there's still a little bit trickery left here uh, in Jacob because Jacob told him to go ahead and then he was going to follow him. But Jacob actually did not go to Zir where Esau when he went to Sukkot. Remember, he went to a different place. And when he... Um, Oh, Esau also offered to leave some of his men with Jacob. Remember that? He says, I'll leave some of my men with you. At least let me do that. Jacob even refused that because think about it. I mean, you're just meeting him after 20 years and he's, you know, Jake, uh, Esau forgave him. But Jacob, I think, might be still a little, you know, I don't, I don't really want to, you know, be in tight with you like that yet, you know. Uh, so I think that was wise that he said, no, you don't have to leave any of your men here because they, they would have told Esau, anything that went on in Jacob's camp, you know, kind of like spies. He didn't want that either. So in verse 17, Jacob uh, traveled to Sukkoth where he built himself a house and built shelters for his livestock. So it would seem like Jacob is settling, settling down because he built here uh, a house and livestock and uh, built a house for his livestock and a house for himself. But this is temporary. Uh, and then some of the questions I had on here is why did Jacob not follow his brother? And one of the things we said, because remember, because he has his own family to worry about. And perhaps he still didn't trust Esau yet. Or perhaps God just was leading him a different direction. We don't know, but he didn't follow his brother. In verse 18 to 20, Jacob continued traveling. So he stopped at Sukkot. He built some, uh, some shelters for his livestock and built a house for himself. And then he went on to Shechem. Now he's traveling to Shechem, S-H-E-C-H-E-M. And Shechem is in the land of Canaan, where he sets up camp. And he sets up camp actually outside of the city of Shechem, because Shechem are people that worship, they are idol worshipers. So that could be a reason why he camped outside. He set up his camp and he also bought some property from Hamar, who was like the chief of, of Shechem, um, 
and he bought property for a hundred pieces of silver. He also built an altar there and he worshiped the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. He gave God praise. And Jacob also dug a well here. It doesn't tell us, tell us that here, but if we read in, uh, we're not going to turn there, but when you get a chance, we're going to turn to John, the fourth chapter, St. John, the fourth chapter, the 12th verse, when Jesus was talking to the woman of Samaria and she asked uh, Jesus, well, are you, are you greater than our, than our Lord Jacob who gave us this well? So he also dug a, um, a well there at Shechem and that passage will tell us that. But as we see in Genesis 28, 20, if you remember, let's just turn there really quick here. Genesis chapter 28, verse 20. Jacob had made a vow to God when he first left running away from um, his brother Esau. And Jacob said, Jacob's vow, he says, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey. This is when he was first starting out 20 years ago. He says, and if he will provide me with food and clothing. And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So Jacob had made a vow too. God had vowed to take care of him. And Jacob made a vow right back uh, to God as to he was going to, God was going to be his God. And God is now his God, because if we, we go back to chapter 33, it says, and there he built an author and named it El Elohi Israel. El Elohi Israel means God, the God of Israel. Remember, his, and he used his new name. Remember his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. So he's saying that God is the God of Israel. So he's definitely saying that God is now his God. So that is chapter 33. Um, we have about five minutes and I believe we can read through chapter um, 34. You know, what? I'm going to start 34 next week. Let's just do that because I don't want to read and then... Uh, have us try to remember what we read next uh, with the next lesson. So anyway, we're going to stop there in chapter 33, uh, where Jacob and Esau have made up and Esau has built an altar for the Lord. And then next week, uh, we're going to, well, with the next video, we're going to talk about how um, In chapter 34, we're going to talk about, we're going to get into Dana, that, that topic about Dana and how um, she was raped and then what happened with that, because that's a whole nother subject and it's going to take us a while to get through that. So, amen. So, amen. I know that uh, God is always trying to remind us that I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. So he did what he told Jacob he was going to do 20 years later. Jacob was brought back to his father's home, just like God had promised him, safe and sound. He didn't let Esau harm him. He didn't let Laban harm him. Jacob was, was fine. In fact, God had prospered Jacob. Jacob came back a rich man. He came back better than he, he was when, when he left. So God means, us, means to prosper us. He's got plans for us. 
And if we just trust him and put our hand in his hand, he's going to make sure we get to wherever he wants us to be. Amen. Amen. So um, just want to remind you to go on my channel and there is a playlist on this channel called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. And in this, on this playlist is called, uh, there's a playlist called The Sinner's Prayer. And in The Sinner's Prayer, I gave you all the scriptures for why we need Jesus, why we need to give our heart to the Lord. And it explains it in us in a clear and simple way so that you'll understand the purpose of salvation. So you wanna go on that channel so you can learn all that you can learn so you'll know why we need to give our heart to the Lord. And then on that same channel, um, there's a video called Teaching About Salvation. And there we give scriptures for you to be able to look up and so you can see what's going on with you because sometimes people give their heart to Jesus and they don't really understand what they're doing or why they're doing what they're doing. So if you really want a, a better understanding of what this Christian life is all about and what this Christian life, uh, where you're going and what's happening, you want to review those two videos, the sinner's prayer and the teaching about salvation. Because how many people know time is winding up and we need to, uh, we need to, we need to be close to God. We need to, uh, have our heart turned over to the Lord because there's so many things going on. I don't know about you, but I've watched the, the news and, and, you know, sometimes my heart just breaks with some of the things that you see on there. And then, you know, when you look at what's going on with, in the government and, uh, different things that's happening with the Supreme Court and, um, if you're not careful, you can get depressed, you can get stressed, you can uh, get your eyes on the wrong thing. But how many people know our eyes should be on the Lord? He's our keeper. And no matter what happens in this world, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Amen? And and I, I mentioned it before, but keep on praying for those in authority. Uh, you know, we don't have to agree with everything they're saying, everything they're doing. But we are supposed to pray for them. So, yes, pray for our president. Pray for the vice president. Pray for Congress. Pray for the Senate. And we talked about this before. Pray for those in authority because there's so many things going on. And that we might live a peaceful life. That's in the Bible. That's scriptural. Amen. Amen. So, God bless you. And and I pray that even, even during this time that uh, that we get closer to God. And one way to get closer to him is to simply give our heart to Jesus and to allow him to come into our life. Uh, it's nothing like being a child of the king. Uh, he's It's new every morning. You're, you're steady growing. I've been walking with the Lord since I was 14 years old, and I do not regret it one minute. Have I always been perfect? No. Did I make mistakes? Yes, I made my share of mistakes. But I'm going to tell you, and I, I even went uh, AWOL for a while. And it's nothing like being a child of the king and being in his presence and, ha and walking and talking close to him. Amen. So, amen. So keep that in mind as, as you even might be contemplating. Do I really want to do this? Yes, you do. I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like having God in your heart. It's nothing like getting up in the morning and talking to him and sharing with him and letting him lead you and guide you and direct you. Amen. He's a God and he wants to be your God. 
and he wants to be in everything that we do. You know, some people look at look at me strange and I say, no, if you're if you're cooking a meal, then you it's nothing wrong with saying, God help me to cook the best meal I could possibly cook. Help my food to taste good, Lord. You know, if if you're hosting the family gathering at your house, yes, that's not too small to ask God to bless your food that it'll turn out great, whatever you're doing. You know, when you're on your job, uh, God, uh, give me ideas, give me uh, things that that that'll cause me to shine. You know, if I'm going on a job interview, God, let me shine higher than anyone else. Let let my my resume stand out. You can ask God for these simple things. If you're taking a test at school, God, please help me to remember what I've studied so that I can do well on the test. Bring it back to my mind. You can ask him anything, and especially when you belong to him, because he's listening. It's like you got his ear. You got his ear right there where he's listening to every word that you say. Amen. So don't uh, don't hesitate to ask him even for the small things, uh, to ask him to be with you, to ask him to help you, and, and even for the larger things, uh, not just the small things, even for your marriage. I've been married uh, for since 1993, and my husband and I, um, you know, we have we're not a perfect couple, um, but we have God in the middle of our relationship. So God doesn't let you get away with too much. I, I you know, people, I say that people say, "What do you mean by that?" Well, because if you're a child of the King, and you and your mate have a disagreement, God's not going to let you get away. But He's going to show you what your part was in it. And usually you end up saying, okay, I'm sorry, forgive me, because you don't want the devil in and you don't want him to disrupt your relationship. So let God even in your marriage. So, you know, so I know I'm saying a, a lot of things, but just trying to get over to the fact that God wants to be in every single part of our lives. So we want to let him in, into our marriage, uh, into our family. Uh, praying for that child that we have, whatever it is, ask him. Say, you have not because you asked not. Ask him to move and, and have that persistent prayer like Jacob did when he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Amen. Amen. So I will see you next week. We're going to say a quick word of prayer as we close out. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for giving us a, a, a mind to pray and be persistent in the things that we're asking you for, God. Father, help us to see that you want to be in every area of our lives. Father, we praise you, we honor you, and we give you the glory. And we praise you and we ask, Lord God, that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll see you next week.